Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Let's go to the word of God this morning. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 down to uh, 23 and 24. And this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should walk as the rest of the Gentiles. Sorry, my page is ripped and I apologize. should not walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. Let's say that together. The blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling having given themselves over to lewdness to work, all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If you indeed have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, let's say it together, renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, let's say the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm going to talk on this topic for a little bit this morning, the new man. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your word this morning that's forever settled in heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray you speak through this vessel of clay that you speak to our hearts and you speak to our spirits, that you would minister as only you can and hide us behind Calvary's cross. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, number one this morning, the mind. Who's ever heard the line that we only use 10% of our brains? It's a lie. It's a myth. It's scientifically proven we use all of our brains. <laughs> now, there are some people you've met that may act like they've only used 10%, but that's between you, they, and the Lord. <laughs> I promise you, God didn't make a brain, an organ in your head, that he would decide to shut 90% of it off for a later date. 75% of our brain is actually water. <laughs> you ever feel waterlogged? You say, where is this going this morning? There's a lot that the Bible says about the mind. Pastor McKean gave this to me some years ago, and I've used this line a few times. And he said, 90 to 95% of the anointing is common sense. When you're operating and walking in the mind of Christ. And I believe that the walk that you and I walk, I believe the scripture, as you dig into it, call as much as the Holy Spirit is enabled to work with us and move us and motivate us, there is also a responsibility on the believer that we use good old-fashioned disciplines in this thing up there called the head. You with me so far? So what's the Bible say about the mind? It talks a lot about the mind, and I could go on for weeks about the mind. What's it mean when it says the futility of the mind? The actual meaning of the futility of the mind means this, because like a lot of words that come out of the text, when's the last time you used the word futility? It means failing to produce the desired results and never succeeding. Have you ever done a project and it just felt futile? 
I remember people trying to teach me how to do carpentry, and I'm sure the people that were trying to teach me that art of doing carpentry probably felt that project and Jody was absolutely futile. In the spirit realm, we can try to go after the things of God and do the things of God, but if it's not coupled and led with the power of the Holy Spirit, our efforts will be futile. And what Paul is saying is there's a whole group of Gentiles and even religious folks that are trying to do what they do and they even have a form of godliness and they're denying the power thereof, but their efforts have been futile, even their very minds are futile. Romans 1 and 28 talks about the mind as a debased mind, meaning a rejection of God. 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 talks about a blinded mind. You ever talk to someone and you just feel like they're blind? No? We've all been there where you're talking to someone and, and, you, and you wonder if the lights are on, but no one's home. And then there's another one that maybe one of us or two have bumped into in Colossians 2 and 18 called the puffed up mind. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. I know there's nobody here like that in this room, and you probably don't know anybody at all that thinks that way, but there's such a thing as a puffed-up mind. And then James, <laughs> James 1 and 8 talks about an unstable mind. As you see, there is always a war between the flesh and the spirit. And we are either one or the other. There's not like we're the in-between. And you can go home and take all these scriptures and dig them out. But I guarantee you the enemy is not messing with your right foot or your left hand. The enemy, the adversary of our soul, the accuser of the brethren, if he's going to mess with you, he will mess with your thinking. Steve Ashford used to call it stinking thinking. And you know what? In this day and age... There's a lot of stinking thinking. There's a lot of negative thinking. The Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinks, so is he. Amen? We could go on and on this morning about how it is that the world and the life that we live, but there's good news in the reality of the thinker of the mind that thanks be to God, he saved our soul, but he also is in the business of saving souls and transforming minds. Amen? I've seen people just absolutely come to God, their soul be saved, but then their thinking says, you know what? I can do what I could not do before. I will do what I would not do before. I won't do what I used to do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gets in our heads. And He begins to renew. He begins to renew. He begins to renew our minds. You with me so far? So He says in verse 23, He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's a deep word. That's a, that's a big line. And, and, you know, so many times, like I gave a silly little joke about the devil making the preacher's wife buy the dress. Sadly, a lot of times, we also sit back and say, well, the Holy Spirit will do that. Holy Spirit, take care of that. Jesus, take care of that. When there's a lot of times... The Scripture's not asking the Holy Spirit to do the doing. The Scripture's calling us to do the doing. 
Paul says, be renewed. That's an action. That's like getting up tomorrow morning and saying, you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I'm making up a disciplined mind. I'm making up my mind today. This is going to be a good day. The New Living Translation says it this way. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Does anybody ever need an attitude adjustment? Just checking. In this day, this day and age we're living right now, I think all of us have probably had to have a take an old guitar and we need a tune now and then. The Common English Bible puts it this way. Renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit. Paul, Paul's saying, if you want to win this race, if you want to be successful on this journey, you've got to get the thinker in alignment. Next week, I've got to take my car and get it aligned because it's pulling one way too hard and it needs alignment. Guess what? Sometimes when this road of life that you and I are on, we get trying to go down the straight and narrow, but then things come our way and Bumps and bruises and valleys and all kinds of things and speed bumps. And that's what knocks a car out of alignment and pulls it in one direction. And it wears on the tires and it wears on the parts on the car. But you take it back to the mechanic and you get it aligned. Guess what? This road has a lot of speed bumps. Almost as many as Charlotte County Roads has. And the wear and the tear and the pull and the struggle and the left and the right and so on. After a while, you've got to come back and say, you know what? I'm going to renew. I'm going to renew the spirit, the thinking. I'm going to renew my mind today. I made up my mind and Holy Spirit, I'm with you. It's true. This is a discipline that the Christian must wake up and realize I am responsible for my thinker. Have you ever said something and then you said it and you think, oh, what was I thinking? Maybe somebody says something to you and, they, and, they, and you walk away. It's like, what was they thinking to say something like that? Have you ever been asked, do you ever think? I think sometimes God even asks that question, do you ever think? Romans 12 has a lot to do with uh, talking about the mind. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. There is a test, and when a thought comes into our mind, when an attitude or an idea comes into our mind, I challenge you, when that lands there, it's time for a test. Mama said, when I was a little guy, don't touch the cookies in the cookie jar because supper's at 5 o'clock sharp, and it's chicken and potatoes and corn and gravy and all the goodies that we used to eat on the Miramichi. And Jody would sneak into the kitchen, and in my mind, it would say, oh, those cookies are good. But then there was a test. Mama said no, and I'm saying yes. And if I say yes, I'm getting the whooping. You hear me so far? Every time something comes our way that gets in this head of ours, there is a test. How do you do it? Testing that you may discern. Is that of God? Is that of the devil? Or is that flesh? It's only three. 
I believe without a shadow of a doubt, you and I can win a whole lot more battles by taking Romans chapter 12, verse 2 tests of saying, where's that thought coming from? Is that me? Is that God? Or is that hell? I'm putting it to the test, and the only way you can discern what's going on is you must be full of the Holy Spirit. Because when you test it to the tester, Say, how do you test it? I promise you, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not God's will. The devil will even come along and say, well, the Holy Spirit said so. I've even heard preachers get up and say, you know what? I had a dream last night that I I seen a vision and there's more books in the Bible than what you're reading, but I've got that information you don't. That's not God. What I'm saying is this is that things will come in our heads and our spirits. Test it with the Word of God. Test it in your spirit. Your spirit will know. It will be a check in your spirit, the old timers would say. And discern that and know what is the will of God and what's acceptable and what's perfect. When you put that to the test, several things will happen. Number one, it lines up with the Word of God. Number two, it lines up with the power of the Holy Spirit. The, second, the third thing that it does, it will glorify God. It will edify you and those around you. If it doesn't, those, doesn't do those things, it's probably not of God. The old thinker. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Who remembers uh, years ago, this is probably when I was, I don't know, eight or nine or ten, the Transformers come out. And you could take those things and take the arms off, put the legs on, do all this kind of stuff. You know what God's saying? You know what, Beach? you got to transform your thinking. This is not natural. That's supernatural that you got to go. Philippians 4 and 8 says it this way. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let me ask you a question. And this is what Paul's driving home because in the latter part of this chapter, he's talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, but it's hard to know what is grieving and not grieving if we don't know how to properly think. So I ask you the question is simply this. Where has your mind wandered in the last 36 or 70 days or so? Where are, where's your thought life been? What are you thinking about? What are you pondering when you're driving down the road? What's funneling through that head of yours? Because the scripture says to you and I that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And I promise you, what's ever going on inside of here will eventually come out in your actions. Hello? And the reason I believe that the Holy Spirit is there's such a strong call in the book of Ephesians about the power of the mind is because my God, your God, is very, very creative. Do you ever put a toddler in a playpen or a baby in a playpen and they just figure a way of getting out? You put a little youngster in, in a confined area and you think for sure it's just it's, it's locked up stronger than the Pentagon. And you look and there they are on the other side. We humans are extremely creative. Where does that come from? God. Now if that be the case and we can be that creative, think about the creator of all creation. 
who says, all I want, I want your mind. I want your thinker. Because if I can get just a little leverage there, if I can get an open invite, if I can help operate in your mind and in your thinker, I will give you ideas that will blow your mind. We read about it a few weeks ago. He will then do the exceedingly and the abundantly above all we could ever ask or ever think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works within us. I believe the church has not seen his best days yet because God's about to get in our minds and blow our minds up and show us things that only heaven knows right now. That's why I keep harping away for the last 24, 36 months. Don't get downhearted. Don't get discouraged. Don't let this thinker get so down in the molly grubs about all the stuff going on. Say, well, we got this going on. We got, well, we got that going on. If you could tap into heaven and realize what God's got going on and the storage up in heaven, this stuff is peanuts. This is a walk in the park because God's about to blow the mind of the church. He'll bring people in you never dreamed would walk through these doors. He will deliver people. You thought, man, I never thought they ever stood a chance. He'll deliver us. He'll get you doing things. They say, no, no, I'd never do that. You with me? Colossians 3 and 2, this is how we know. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Where's your head? 1 Peter 1 and 13. Therefore, check this out. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That whole scripture says, you and I have a massive responsibility. I'm going to prepare my mind for action. Say, Jode. I'm glad you're not crawling through my mind these days. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy and scary if we could crawl in each other's minds and read and see and hear what we're thinking? Lord mercy. Be a scary thought. But the scripture says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and be sober-minded. Sober-minded means be alert and have your wits about you. So I'm going to prepare my mind for action. What's the action? I'm going to, again, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. I'm going to be glad in this day. I'm going to have my mind full of actions, but my mind is going to be full of good actions. Amen? There's a lot of people on this crazy earth, and their mind is active, but their mind is active doing evil, bad, terrible things. But the, ca the cause of God and the call of God cries out to the Christians, say, you know what? Prepare your minds for action and be alert and set your hope fully on the grace. Where is your thinking right now? Get ready for action because God wants to take our thinking to a brand new level. That walking on the water level, that parting of the water level, that setting your things above level, that taking leprosy off of people's body level, that taking Lazarus out of the tomb level, that walking on the water kind of mindset that says, you know what, we're going to win. My mind is alert and I'm ready for action. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Now again, this is us with the help of the Holy Spirit. Every scripture I've given you this morning, there's a responsibility on the believer. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
Everything I just read is ours. And it's our responsibility. The more that you get into this, the more you realize the devil didn't make you do it. We just didn't have the disciplines to get it dealt with. The Holy Spirit, the helper that I'll send you in my name, has come to help you and teach you and guide you and counsel you in all things. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it's a tool in your tool chest. And when you say, you know what, I'm going to get that done. I was working on my saw, my little bush saw, and I couldn't find the right tool. And I was, I was fiddling and trying to get, get this bolt off of the saw to take the bush saw off and put the whippersnapper on. And I couldn't find the right tool. And I was getting a little frustrated. I was fiddling with pliers and vice grips and what other, other, other stuff was. I didn't know even what they're called. But I was trying to get this dumb bolt off. And I was like, man. And I was like, if I could find the right tool, I could get this done just like that. But I couldn't find the right tool. You ever been there? But then the Lord provided. <laughs> and I found the right socket. Done. We would stop a lot of our struggles. As we walk around the garage and walk around the mini barn trying to find this and trying to use that, trying to frig with this and fiddle with that and try to use this and try to use that, and the Holy Spirit saying, if you just pick on me and use me as the tool, I will get it done just like that. You're trying to find self-help books and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. I'm telling you now, I'm the helper. I'm not kidding. I'm the helper. I'm the guide. I'm the counselor. And if you would just call on me, I'm sitting right there. And if you want that job done, if you really want to bring and destroy arguments, bring them down. If you want to bring any idea that raises itself above the knowledge of God, if you really want to hold that captive, all you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, I take authority over that thought and I bring that into captivity and I absolutely kick that out of my life. Amen. Amen. Kick it out. Too many times that negative Nelly thinking holds the child of God captive. How could it the spies could go up and a bunch come running back saying, we can't do that. Giants are this big, the grapes are that big. And man, that's crazy down there. But then two boys come back and they saw the same thing the other, the other folks did. They come back, Joshua and Caleb says, well, I tell you right now, we're going to take the country. We're going to get it from Jordan to the sea. We're going to take the country. Bless God. They saw the same giants. They saw the same craziness. But they had a different way of thinking. They allowed the promises of God, which are yea and amen, to get in their thinkers. Say, you know what? We're going to do it. If God said it, we're going to get it done. If God promised it, I'm living on it. I'm standing on it. Their thinking was different because it wasn't on things below, but things above. I'm going to destroy those arguments. What arguments? You're not forgiven. You're not saved. You can't do great things. You're not going to be blessed. You can't get past the past. These arguments that come out and say, you aren't, going, you aren't worth 10 cents. You're not going to amount to a thing. And all those promises and prophecies over you and your local church, that's just words and somebody trying to sound all fancy and spiritual. And all these arguments try to come into your head on a daily basis. God's not going to help you pay your bills and get a job increase and get a blessing in your life. God's not going to bless you and your kids. God's not going to bless you and your thinking and your ministry. That's all a bunch of fluff. That's a bunch of nonsense talk. You're supposed to go through hard times and hard trials and bad days. You're supposed to go through all those hard times. Life's supposed to be rough. I'm telling you, those arguments come in one after another. And I got a choice to make. I can either entertain this or, yeah, life's tough. 
Did you imagine if I get up here on Sunday morning and said, man, I had a rough week, guys. I'm sorry. Rough week. I know you guys had a rough week, too, and I'm sorry about that, too. But somehow we're going to make it by. Could you imagine week after week? Well, I tell you what, wouldn't be much of a crowd here, would there? Now, for all you and I, I might have had the craziest week you've ever laid eyes on, but I ain't going to tell you about it. I'm going to stand up here and say, you know what? The promises of God are yea and amen. We're going to make it by the grace of God. we got the healer. We've got the helper. we got the way maker. we got the forgiver. we got the equipper, the exceeding, the abundantly. I'm going, all those negative, deadly thoughts that come in my mind, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold them captive. They will not hold me captive. Because you're going to be new. I'm not talking about going down the spree and buying a new outfit. For us fellows, it's giant tiger. <laughs> I know, I know this. Yes, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. But I do know this, is that God is so ready for the exceeding and the abundant. And it's a reminder through these little nuggets, these little gems that we find in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm glad that Paul's revealed to us who we are in Christ. I'm glad to know where our authority position is. The fact that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I'm glad that we are hidden in him. I'm glad that we are the head and not the tail. You and I don't have a say about those things. That's just the positioning that God has put us in when we come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You and I don't have a say where the seat is. We come in this morning and sadly because of everything going on, there's a name tag and you pretty much got to sit where the name tag is. And sometimes we scratch our heads over that stuff. But I'm telling you, in the spirit realm, you've got a seat. You've got a seat in the heavenlies. You've got a seat. You are seated with Christ. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You and I don't have a say about those things. That's what he's already established in the authority level of heaven right now. You and I, that's where you're at. Whether you believe that or whether you don't, it's backed up by Bible. That's where you are. That's where you will always be when you are in Jesus Christ. And there's a battle going on for your thinkers saying, you know what? You're not there. You're not with God. You're not with Christ. You're not the winner. You're not the victor. And he's trying everything he can do to get you off that seat. He's trying everything he can do so you don't believe in inheritance. He's doing everything he can do to put crazy ideas in someone's head. But Jesus said this way, I beheld Satan. He was kicked out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on this earth will be loosed in heaven. What's the difference? We can't take the country. Man, it's 2021. Drugs is rampant. Mental health disorders are rampant. Depression is at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. Prescription drugs and overdose and overuse and abuse is at an all-time high. How are we going to face that mountain? I tell you what, Christ Jesus is looking for a few Joshua's and a few Caleb's to say, you know what? I've been thinking. 
I've been thinking, and I've got a renewed mind. I've got a renewed mind. I've been thinking about this. You know what? I'm going to start thinking like God thinks. I'm going to talk like God talks. We are able. We are able. We are able to reach our sons. We're able to reach our daughters. We're able to reach our community because I made up my mind that the work of God will be the majority in Charlotte County. Glory to Boshiah. Glory to the living God that allows us such authority that it's not mind over matter, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit over a dead grave. Will it take discipline? Yeah. I may not want to go home today and get on the treadmill, but I'm going because it's a discipline. I may not want to get and do my exercises tomorrow morning and tomorrow night, but it's a discipline. I may want to eat cheeseburgers instead of good food, but it's a discipline. Why? Because I know it's good for us. I'm telling you, when you pray, when you fast, when you make up your mind, my mind is not going down that road. The Holy Spirit will bless that. He will honor that. And you will see the captive free every time. Telling somebody right now, God's after these noggins of ours. He's after our heads. You know why? I'm done with this. Jesus Christ, the head. The head. The head. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.